I viewed my circumstances as like, well, why me? Why is this all happening to me? And I, when I realized, you know what? Stuff happens to everyone. It just looks different. It happens at different times. This is the definition of life. And I was taking the responsibility for my life, the control of my life and giving it to everything and everyone else. Mm. And when I realized none of these things matter, it has to do with how I respond to those things. And regardless of what goes on around me, it's always my choice of how to respond. I am not saying that I would not take care of my loved ones, but I would, I would, but I wouldn't have done it um, while sacrificing myself and my own life. Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, night shift emergency physician, burnout thriver, and wellness champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory, MD. See you there. There. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. It is Dr. G, and we are back for another exciting episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. Today, we have all the way from NYC, Debbie Weiss. Debbie is going to tell us all about herself and if you're watching the video, you can see already she's got lots of personality just from her glasses and how she is presenting herself and all of the amazing things that she is up to. Take it away, Debbie. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for having me and shout out to my glasses. I don't know. You know, I don't want to, for those who can't see, I just, you know, for those who can, I have to show you that these are the coolest glasses ever. And I have all these different toppers that oh just, that is super cool isn't that cool they're magnets and i i have like a little bit of a problem i probably own like 40 of them and hey. i was i was <laughs> like every week the company sends a new email with new designs they're very smart and today i'm already like oh gosh i need those other three pair but anyhow um so yes so my name is debbie weiss and i am the author of a memoir called on second thought maybe i can and it is my story about overcoming my limiting beliefs and refusing to continue to be a victim of my circumstances. And uh, I have been a family caregiver for over 40 years to three different family members, my father, my uh, oldest son, and my husband. And I let that get the best of me and ignore my own care for about 30 years. And I was angry, resentful, bitter, and, uh, you know, had an aha moment when I turned 50 and realized, you know, if not now, when? And uh, so now I'm 60 and uh, my life is completely different. Wow. There is uh, a lot there. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. So if you don't mind, um, can you start with how did you end up becoming that point person? Like what happened there? As far as being their caregivers? Yes, exactly right. Yes. So the day after I graduated from high school, I was 17. My father was days before he turned 46 and he had a massive stroke. I see. And he survived. And, but he was permanently disabled. And a couple of years later, my parents got divorced. And I have one younger brother who's four years younger. He was, you know, 13 at the time. And, um, you know, I just pretty much stepped into the role of being my dad's caregiver. He, he lived for 30 years. And so I was his caregiver for the next 30 years. And he never lived with me, but that doesn't mean that you're not someone's caregiver. I was his main go-to on everything. You know, in my early twenties, I had to learn, I mean, for those of us in the States had to learn the difference between Medicare and Medicaid and disability and like all these different money programs that are out right, there, right. which, you know, 20 year olds don't typically, you know, have any reason to know that information. Right. And, um, you know, I was, have always struggled with my weight. And so I always, I never wanted to be seen. I never wanted to speak up because I felt like I had always been judged. And when I became my dad's caregiver, it kind of forced me to step up and step out of my comfort zone and start speaking up on his behalf. Because for whatever reason, for me, it was, it was my job. It was, it almost was like, started to become my identity that I was going to be, you know, I don't want to say his savior, but the one to take care of him. And it made me step through my fear and, and, you know, into my power, so to speak, of being able to speak to doctors and, you know, being able to speak to money people and attorneys and, you know, all the different things. So that's how it started. And then when my oldest son was two, he was diagnosed on the autistic spectrum okay. and later on added uh, anxiety and depression diagnoses. And he's now almost 23 and okay. um, still struggles. And my husband, uh, about five, six years ago, also struggled from a variety of both physical and mental illness. He had to also permanently retire and, and become disabled. I see. And then out of the blue in June of 2022, he was diagnosed with a terminal blood cancer that was unrelated to any of his other issues. And as we tape, I'm just a couple of weeks away from it being the year anniversary since he passed away. He, oh he died gosh. six months later. Wow. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I hope so it's a lot. That is a lot. And, you know, I, I'm really hoping that like his, his time, like his final time was not suffering. I hope it was not. It was suffering. And a lot of it honestly had to do with his mental illness. Okay. Um, right before he was diagnosed, he was actually hospitalized for depression and he came out um, just a different person so upbeat and hopeful and okay. really embrace therapy that he never had in the past and okay. just a new lease on life. And then 
literally five weeks later to receive this diagnosis. So oh it really threw him back into, he, he did. It was a terrible six months, quite honestly, oh, for everybody, you yeah. know, for all of us here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is, that is a lot. I mean, to, to have, you know, to have there be a victory in one sense and then to find out that there is something else that was completely unforeseen that just comes out of the woodwork. Oh my gosh. So how are, I mean, so we're pretty close to the anniversary. How, how is everybody managing? Because a year out is still grieving period. I mean, you're not, it's, you're not okay. You know, even at that point, you're not okay. So yeah. how's that going? You know, I think as, as well as can be expected, I know that sounds ridiculous, I think there's been, you know, just the the universe has a way of of working in strange ways. And and I've had a lot of unbelievably exciting, unexpected things happen for me this year. And those kind of helped buoy me and um kind of put me on a different traje trajectory. However, you just never know when it's going to hit you, right? right? I was just um, shopping this past weekend at a, a like an outdoor village that that's very holiday like, and my husband used to, you know, when he was few several years ago, it was a place we enjoyed going together, and I've been there. Um, I don't think I've been there since he passed away, but I've been there since he was sick, and. This time I looked and I'm looking at the couples that are shopping and, and don't get me wrong. Obviously there's women with their friends and there's, but you know, you focus You're honing on, in on that. Yeah, exactly. And I'm thinking, gosh, what that must be like. Remember what that was like, you know, to be there together. And then sometimes think about oh, when I would get annoyed at him or when he would get annoyed at me or, you know, all of the things. And so did I ever think that when I was going to go out shopping for with my my cousin for the afternoon, you know, that I was all of a sudden going to be hit in the face? You know, it just you never know where it's going to come from and when. Wow. Uh, no, thank you for sharing that, because I know that's uh, that's a moment of vulnerability. We really appreciate you being open about how you're feeling, um, because it's not an easy thing uh, at all. It is not. And. You know, it does not, in speaking with family members who have lost spouses, it, do, it does get, I don't know, I would say that those moments get to be less frequent, but they don't really go away, you know? Yes. Um, you, just, you just are able to, um, you're just able to kind of manage them better as time goes on. Because you, you obviously don't want to forget your loved one, right? But you also... You want to be able to remember them without having a lot of pain associated with the memory, you know? So that part is hard. That part is hard. And I think, you know, when I lost my dad, I remember um, for the first several months, I could not get the vision or the visual out of my mind about his last 24 to 48 hours. Okay. And I do then recall that that did slip to the back of my mind. And as the years went on, you know, only the good memories or 
you know, things I could laugh about and, and remember fondly come to my mind instead of those tougher times. Right, so right. I'm sure it will be the same, you know, as I move forward with my husband, but you know, the loss of a spouse is very different than the yes. loss of a, of a parent. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, sending big hugs through the, thank you. Thank you. I didn't to mean miles. to be a, a quote unquote Debbie Downer. I didn't think I was no, going to no, talk no, all about absolutely that. Absolutely <laughs> not. Because I will tell you that, you know, unfortunately, you know, we have, I know people who are, you know, in your, in your age group, but people who are in my age group with, you know, I'm, I'm like a decade younger than you are, but like in my age group and younger who are dealing with that same thing, yeah. you know, and it is something that we should talk about because I feel like we, you know, you know, we're vibrant and whatever, and we're thinking this is going to be the person we're going to be in a rocking chair with. Um, and sometimes it doesn't turn out that way. And, and it's, 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 I mean, as sad as it is, it's good to talk about it because, um, these are real feelings. These are things that, um, are natural to feel, you know, anger, you know, sadness, you know, all these things, um, they're a very, very natural part of the grieving process and necessary. You know? Yeah, I agree. And, you know, something you just said, you think you're going to be in the rocking chair with them. And that is one of the things that it's like, oh my gosh, I have to now reimagine what do I want for the rest of my life? And, you know, on the one hand, it's scary and and all of those things. But on the other hand, I find it, um, it can also, if you let it be a little bit exciting and empowering, because now it's really just what you want. Not that that I don't want to say, oh, gee, that's great. He's gone. I can do whatever I want. I don't mean it like that. But it's almost like this freedom to investigate what what is it that just you want? What do you really want? You know, especially when you've been a couple for a long time. I mean, we were married almost 30 years, you know, together over 30 years. You like move forward as a couple. Right. And now when it's just you, it gives you an opportunity if you take it to tap into, well, what is it that I really want with the rest of my life? And kind of gives you an opportunity to reinvent yourself if that's what you're looking to do. Absolutely. So now this gives a lot of, a deeper meaning to what you said when you first came on and you said, you know, here I am, I have been a caregiver for these three individuals and now I'm reinventing myself. So the fact that you shared your story with us, this really helps us to, to see the power in this reinvention that you are currently in the process of. And you have got to tell us, how did you get to the point where, because you, I'm assuming you wrote the book after after or no before I wrote it while he was dying I see okay and I I the book idea was there before he was diagnosed gotcha I just made the decision to move forward um and I'll just tell you that I never had I never wanted to write a book so many people are like oh I want to write a book my whole life I want not me I never wanted to write a book but when I kind of was going through my transformation and I realized I had, you know, several aha moments and I realized I had a message that I wanted to share with people. Yes. And it's like, well, how's the best way to get it out there? Yeah. You know, I can't go stand on my roof and shout 
shout from the rooftops, even if I was brave enough to get up there, how many people are going to hear? So, you know, um, it seemed like the world just kept telling me, write a book, write a book. And I'd be like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. And then it just kind of kept happening. And one day I heard a woman being interviewed on a podcast, a podcast yes. I was not a regular listener of, and she helped first-time authors get her st their stories out there. Oh, and I resonated with her. I got in touch with her and she was starting a 12-week course. And it was right kind of when I was making that decision to move forward that he was diagnosed. And I went to my therapist and I said, I'm embarrassed that I'm even telling you that I'm considering doing this course, enrolling in this course at a, when I just, you know, my husband just received this diagnosis and I don't know what's in store for us. And she said, I disagree with you. She said, because you don't know what's in store for you, I think that you would benefit from having something separate from that world that's happening just for you. And uh, that's wow. what happened. And when he died, I was like three chapters shy of finishing. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I mean, good on your therapist for uh, for telling yeah. you to go ahead with it. Because, you know, you know, we tend to have that, um, I don't know, it's like a sacrificial kind of uh, personality about us. Like, <laughs> like no, no, I'm, I'm later. Everybody else before yes. me. You know, and so I'm glad that you 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 did do that, and and um that is interesting that the timing turned out the way that it did, because did you end up amending it at all based on the I, situation or so yeah so I did my my first draft my husband passed away on December 30th 22, my first draft was due to the editor January 14th okay two weeks later, and of course they told me. We'll extend it. Don't worry. Naturally. Right, right. And I said, you know what? After the funeral and everybody left and goes back to their regular lives, that was one of the hardest times. And I said, you know what? No, I don't want to extend it. It kind of kept me going while he was ill. And now it's going to keep me going in these next two weeks and give me something else to focus on. Yeah. And so it did. After that, I did not write about him dying at that time. After it had gone through a few rounds of edits, I added an epilogue with the story okay. of him dying. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's in there, but it it had it was not what the book was supposed to be about or is about. Gotcha. Wow. Nice. And it's yeah. called Maybe I Can. That's what it's called. On sec on second thought, dot dot dot, maybe I can. Very yeah. nice. Very nice. Thanks. And it's available at all of the usual places. Online. Yep. Amazon, okay. Barnes and Noble, wherever you buy books, all those places. Very nice. Very nice. And so now are you just kind of uh, promoting the book at this point? Are you, are, are you just kind of, um, how are you, go, how are you going about promoting? Cause so now the book has been out for how long? Um, four months, I guess since August. Okay. Whatever so that is. Summer. Okay. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Yep. No, I, I mean, I, I am also, you know, I'm a, I'm a coach because I want to be there to help people who were like I was, and I don't mean about the caregiving and, and about being a widow and all of that, just right. in that place where, you know, my life was fine. 
you know, but I, again, I, I viewed, I viewed my circumstances as like, well, why me? Why is this all happening to me? And I, when I realized, you know what? Stuff happens to everyone. It just looks different. It happens at different times. This is the definition of life. And I was taking the responsibility for my life, the control of my life and giving it to everything and everyone else. Mm. And when I realized none of these things matter, it has to do with how I respond to those things. And regardless of what goes on around me, it's always my choice of how to respond. I am not saying that I would not take care of my loved ones, but I would, I would but I wouldn't have done it um, while sacrificing myself and my own life. Because right around the time I turned 50, for me, it was something about that number that made me think, you know, chances are my life is more than half over. If something were to happen to me today, would I have regrets? And hands down, the answer was yes. Like, look at my life. When and I didn't know what I wanted it to be for me, but I felt like, is this it? Wow. <laughs> you know, I'm just yeah. going to kind of wake up, do the same thing again, take care of everybody, make sure everything's okay. You know, well, there's some good times. I'm not saying there weren't, but is that all there is? And, um, you know, I, I think that was a turning point for me where I just went on a quest, not even knowing, well, where do I even start? And so- right. Now that's what I help others do who kind of just are in a stuck place or saying, is this all there is? Oh, that's fantastic. And so um, how can people reach out to you if they want to get involved in your coaching? My website is the best place for everything. It's debbierweiss.com. If you don't put in the R, you won't get to me. Got it. So Debbie R. Weiss. Awesome. 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 And then as you're, I mean, so you're, you're pretty much at a very interesting crossroads at the moment because you just released the book over the summer. Mm -hmm. um, you are, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure when you started the coaching, but it sounds like this has been a little bit now, maybe a couple yeah, years. But it's still fairly new, still fairly new. And okay. I also, this past year, I also launched um, my own podcast called the Maybe I Can podcast. Awesome. So yeah, awesome. so all these things this year are, are kind of, you know, new and exciting, but so exhilarating. And and I still have a full-time job, okay. um, but I'm, I'm lucky enough. Um, it's my own business and I'm lucky enough to have a wonderful team of women that work for me okay. that don't really need me too much. Okay. So it, it lets me spend most of my days doing the things that I love and that just energize me. And not that I didn't and don't like my day job. Right. Right. It's fine, you know, but it's not the same as this. That just sure. lights me up. That's fantastic. Oh, that's great. And so do you feel like there's any fear involved in this, this, this explosion of activity now, right? Because the podcast, the book, coaching business is taking off. Like, is there any fear that you're feeling in regard to any of those or all of those? I, I think everything, when I started everything, you know, I was just talking to somebody else about that imposter syndrome. Like, I'm not a writer. I, you know, I'm a math girl. 
that that's what I was good at at school. I wouldn't I wouldn't register for a class in college if there was a paper due. I didn't want to write anything, you know, so I I do, you know, and it's the same with everything. I don't know anything about podcasting. I don't know. I don't know how to interview people. I don't know, you know, but in this whole transformation process, I I realized that everything good is on the other side of your fear. And I was a scaredy cat as a little girl, not just about your typical things. I was an extra scaredy cat. And I have, you know, always backed down when I'm afraid and fear is just a human emotion, right? Yes. So we just have to learn to do deal with it and face it and do it anyway. Awesome. 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 Yeah. I mean, your, your, your story is a true testament of just that. So very inspiring. And I'm sure that there are going to be uh, listeners who are listening to this and they're going to take, you know, take some of that, those pearls that you just shared and implement them. So that would be great. Oh, thank wow. you. I hope so. That's my whole mission. Yeah, no, that's, you can tell it's, it's very evident in how you speak and that's how you come across. So really appreciate that. And then, so you have to tell us, um, so you, so it sounds like you're going to be working now on developing those three arms, right? The book, the coaching and the podcast. Okay. Is there, is there anything else that you have coming down the pike in 2024? Or that's book enough. Number right? two. That's plenty. Book number two. Book number two. Okay. All right. See, look at that. I'm not a writer. I'm not a writer. I'm I know. I know. <laughs> Crazy. And I yet, can't believe book number it. two is in the works. That's fantastic. <laughs> My book coach said, Oh, once you write a book, you, you know, there'll be more. When she first met me, she's like, I don't know. I look at you and I feel like you have 20 books in you. I said, 20 books. Did you know how old I am? And I never wrote a book before, but you know what? Now I have a whole idea for a whole series. So maybe she was right. Maybe she knew what she was talking about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's fabulous. You just have to keep the open mind. Yeah. (laughs) That's phenomenal. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Such a great conversation. You know, we are, um, we have a tradition on the show and it's called fill in the blanks. And I want to know, Debbie, if you're ready. Are you ready for fill the blanks? I'm ready. I'm oh, ready. Yay. I'm so glad. <laughs> All right, here we go. The first one is, if I am fearless, I will. Well, I think I already said it. If I am fearless, I'll feel, I'll feel the fear and do it anyway. Nice, nice. The next one is, to me, fearless freedom means. Well, it means I'm never going to let fear stop me again. And that is freedom because that can change your whole life, right? Otherwise you're like in a, in a prison cell of fear. No, that's great. That's great. And then the last one is my battle cry is. Well, I mean, you know, when I'm nervous before I do something, I, definitely tell myself you can do hard things. Nice. And I learned this and I don't remember what somebody else called it, but, and I, I know, um, everyone has different names for it, but based on, you know, my whole book, mine is the, maybe I can list. And if you 
sit down and make a list of all the things, the hard things that you have done that you thought that you couldn't. And I remember when I first sat down, I'm like, well, what did I do? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, once you start, oh yeah, well that, oh, well, that was hard. Oh, well, remember at the time and you realize you can do it. You know, you, you just don't, we don't give ourselves credit. It's just, it's so much easier to turn the other way and, you know, turn around and walk away from it so much easier, but that's, that's not living. You are so right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And everyone can reach you at Debbie R. Weiss. Is that correct? It is correct. Thank you. Awesome. Or listen to you on a Maybe I Can podcast, right? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. 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 Such a pleasure talking with you. Um, I didn't mention this, but um, New York City is a special place in my heart because I spent my teenage years there. (laughs) Ah, what were you doing there? Um, I was living there, going to high school, et cetera. Um, in the Bronx, New York. Yeah. Pelham Parkway. Nice. Have you been ago. back since? Um, I have not been back to New York City probably ooh, maybe 15 years mm. or maybe a little bit less. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great I'm sure place. it's changed I- a lot since the last time I was there. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I'm across the river in New Jersey, but I'm actually from, not from New York city, but from Long Island. So part of New York. Oh so yes. Absolutely. I'll always be a New Yorker. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing and being so vulnerable. We really appreciate that as well. I know that's not an easy thing to do and we're wishing you nothing but success oh, in all you of so your much. endeavors. Thanks so much for having me and uh, you as well. Thank you.